The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome to this December, was it 11th edition of the Financial Physician Radio Program. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, if you listen to us on the archive, either at the, the uh, voiceamerica.com or the financialphysician.com, thanks so much for joining us. If you're live and you want to be part of the program, you have a question on any money matter or a comment about what we're talking about, 866-472-5790 is the call-in number. Okay, I just got back this morning from spending um, two long days in Atlantic City uh, at a uh, an income tax seminar, which I go to every year. It's a incredibly informative if not terribly boring but uh it's eight hours two days in a row let me tell you there's nothing more joyous and fun and exciting uh than being in a room with 500 accountants for two days i mean cpas and and the like i mean you're not the most interesting and excitable people but uh learned a lot uh there's a lot of changes coming uh for 2013 the year that's ending now uh and i think a lot of people are going to be surprised of how much uh, the tax code has actually changed uh, compared to uh, the last couple of years. And and for the most part, not for the good, especially if you earn any money in this country. First, let's talk about the good news. The good news is that for most taxpayers, those if you're single and and you make less than $200,000 a year, uh, and if you're married and you make less than $250,000 a year, your income tax brackets won't increase and you will have very little uh, in a way of effect uh, from the changes in the tax code. You'll have some, and we'll talk about that as we go forward. Uh, here's another good thing. The alternative minimum tax, the AMT, the exemption, is permanently patched with inflation adjustments. So this was a problem. The the the, the um, alternative minimum tax originally in the 60s was an enacted to tax the Rockefellers, and, and I think it was 30 people in the country that had all kinds of tax shelters. And we're making millions and millions of dollars. And the alternative minimum tax uh, backed out a lot of deductions for these people and made sure they paid a minimum amount of tax. Okay, it makes makes sense. It's reasonable. It sounds good to me. Uh, But the problem is they never indexed it for inflation. 
And as the years have gone by, hundreds of thousands of new people have become ensnared in this tax. And the way it works is that you know you figure out your tax return in a regular way, and then you figure it out a second way. And the second way backs out deductions for real estate taxes, capital losses, things like that. And, of course, your tax bill goes up, and there's an AMT added to your normal tax bill. Effectively, it raises your taxes if you make a lot of money. And that amount of money uh, is becoming less and less and less uh, over the years. I mean, with the 60s, we're talking 40, 50 years now. So what was a lot of income back then is, is certainly not a lot of income now. And more and more middle-class taxpayers – uh, yourself included, um, myself included, I should say, um, I have to pay this AMT. So now they've raised it, and now they have a permanent inflation adjustment. So less and less people will be ensnared in that. Uh, in 2013, the exemption is $51,900 in income for single filers, 80800 for joint filers. And that's not a lot. It's not a lot of money. So once you start making more than that, uh, you're subject to the AMT. But the good thing is, is they finally fixed it a little bit. Every year they were voting to do a patch here or there, uh, and, and it didn't work. Another good thing, uh, dividends are going to qualify for, for preferential tax treatment, 15%, uh, as will capital gains. Again, depending on your income, we'll talk about that as we go forward. So, so those are the good things about uh, the tax situation for 2013. Let's talk about the bad things. And a lot of the bad things have to do with Obamacare. All these changes to the tax code I'm going to talk about now is part of the Affordable Care Act, which is such a joke as more and more of us find out that it's unaffordable uh, care act. It's not the Affordable Care Act. Washington loves to do that. Everything's an oxymoron. Same is true of political groups. You know, any words that they use, it's just the opposite. The Affordable Care Act is an incredible example of that uh, because it's just the opposite. It's unaffordable. People are finding out that their, their premiums are going through the roof, and we'll, we'll save Obamacare for later in the program. But a lot of these changes are due to Obamacare. Well, let's talk about the first thing. Tax brackets are the same for everybody unless you make 400000 as a single individual or 450000 as a married couple. The highest capital gains rate was 35%. For these people, it jumps to 396 I wanted to just make it forty and you know call it forty. Well, obviously it's just like why is something nine ninety nine not ten dollars? Stick a shot kind of thing. So uh, these people again, higher income people are going to see their taxes go up in so many different ways, and I think many of them are not prepared for it. And I'm not talking about multimillionaires. I'm talking about people that make anywhere between two fifty and five hundred thousand. Which, for many people, they would think that's a tremendous amount of money compared to what they make. But that's the middle class. That's the upper middle class. And they're the ones who are going to carry the burden um, of any changes uh, to the tax code. So uh, they're going to see their new bracket, 39.6%, which is what, 4.6% uh, higher than they were paying before. That's the first increase that a lot of these people are going to see. Now, those who make... Uh, over 400,000 single, 450,000 married, they're also going to see their capital gains rate go from 15% to 20. But there's more to come with that because there's now a surcharge on investment income if you make over 250,000 a year married, 200,000 single. And that's called, uh, well, they call it a Medicare tax, but it doesn't go to Medicare, it doesn't go to health care. But it is part of the Affordable Care Act. 
So uh, the 3.8% tax on investment income, we're going to go over that in just a second. But they're going to see that too. But uh, their capital gains rate goes up to 20%. Their dividend rate uh, goes up to 20% as well. That's if you make over 450 married, 400,000 um, uh, single. Now let's talk about the people that really are going to get hit. You know, the rich are the rich. The people who make 200,000 or 250. That's the magic number for a lot of the Medicare uh, taxes, the Obamacare taxes, whatever you want to call it. And, and the first one we're going to talk about is the net investment income tax. The NIIT is what it's being called, net investment income tax. And this is an insidious tax. For those who make over two hundred thousand gross adjusted gross income, single and two hundred and fifty thousand married, you would have to pay now a three point eight percent surcharge on all investment income, and that's for this year, two thousand and thirteen. And I think a lot of investors have no idea about this. I'm going to be very surprised when they do their taxes. Now we talked about this earlier in the year on this program, but now's the time to really talk about it. Because it's going to make a big difference for a lot of people. So it is in effect for tax year 2013. And who is subjected to it? Well, if you're married filing jointly and you have adjusted gross income over 250, if you're single and you have adjusted gross income over 200, uh, you are going to be subjected to this. And this is on all your investment income. And what is investment income as far as they're concerned? Well, it's, uh, it's interest, dividends. Capital gains from the sale of stocks or bonds or mutual funds. Gain from the sale of real estate. Net of the exclusion. And we'll talk about that in a little bit what that means. Well, the exclusion is if you're a single person, you have a property, you could have a $250,000 capital gain if it's your principal residence. So if you are capital gains below that, you're not subjected to this. But say you had a $500,000 gain. Well, $250,000 would be capital gains taxed at 15% or 20 depending on what your overall income is. And then you add to that the 3.8%. And for these really high income taxpayers that are making four hundred or 450000 well, they're going to have 20% capital gains plus the 3.8% Medicare surcharge. So they're going to go from 15% tax on long-term capital gains to 238 It's a major increase. You know, higher income earners have capital gains. I mean, they have investments. If you get a capital gain distribution from a mutual fund, a dividend they pay at the end of the year, that's part of it too. And if you have interest, if you can find interest anyway, I don't know anybody's earning interest in this world, but uh, if that's the case, uh, then uh, that's taxable as well. And, of course, with this goes a whole new form that has to be filled out to calculate this tax because it's paid on your 1040. Now, what income um, is not subject to that? Well, wages. Let me go back to, to investment income here because this is a real interesting thing that I was surprised. Non-qualified annuities. Annuities that are not IRAs or whatnot are tax-deferred. They grow tax-deferred. You pay tax on it when you take the money out. According to the new law, you're going to pay the 3.8% surcharge on the accrued growth of a non-qualified annuity, which is really interesting because that means insurance companies now have to make that calculation, send you an, another 1099. So you're going to be paying a surtax on, on, on gains that you don't even have yet, and, and that, that's an amazing thing. So what should you do? I mean, you, know, you should um, try to sell any losers you have. 
to offset any capital gains you have. Again, if you qualify for this, if you're over two hundred thousand or two fifty married, you know, you're going to want to get that income down. Now, capital losses won't offset dividends. You know, won't offset. Um, uh, interest, but it will offset other capital gains. So now more than ever is a great time to sell losers if you're subject or potentially subject to this tax. And a lot of people are going to be doing that planning at the end of the year, but you have to know about it to do the planning. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised when they see their accountant. And of course, us accountants are going to be the ones, we're the front line of Obamacare. We found that out at this seminar. The we're the ones who have to figure out the penalties if you don't enroll in Obamacare, the subsidies, if they're right or wrong, uh, it comes out on the tax return. So accountants are going to be the ones that are going to be doing battle for Obamacare, which I got to tell you, the groan in the room when they mention that, including my own groan, we all hate it anyway. And now we have to enforce it basically is what it comes down to. And now our clients are going to be mad at us. Oh, something must be wrong. We'll try. I always get a refund. And we're going to be the ones that have to explain ourselves why they finally have uh, a tax. Uh, much more on the Obamacare taxes and the changes to your tax return. This is so important. We only have a few weeks left to take some strategies to minimize these taxes. But wait till you hear on the other side of the break with some other taxes that we're all going to be uh, facing, especially those who make uh, more than $250,000. All right, we're going to take a short break. 866-472-5790 is the number. My name is Lou Skatigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician right here on the Business Channel on voiceamerica.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Financial Physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5790. That's toll free. 1-866-472-5790. Once again, here's Lou. All right, welcome back to this little thing of ours that we call The Financial Physician Radio Program, where we talk money, markets, and politics, and Obamacare, which... 
fits into the politics and money section here, I guess, and maybe even the market section too. And uh, today we're talking about changes to the tax code that we're going to deal with right now on this tax return that we're filing this spring. Taxes that affect our 2013 income that very few people have talked about. And I think the average taxpayer has no idea what they're facing uh, when they have their taxes prepared this year. And we talked about uh, the uh, increased tax bracket, 35% uh, to 396 for those taxpayers who earn over $450,000 if they're married or 400000 if they're single. But the big number here is 250 married, 200 single. That's where a lot of all these bomber taxes kick in. Yeah, you don't have a higher tax bracket, uh, but you get it every other which way on this. And uh, we were talking about net investment income. Net investment income is the income you get from your investments minus the cost of those investments, commissions, management fees, any cost to, to run your portfolio, uh, newsletters, capital losses, which will offset capital gains. And then you get a net investment income figure. And then you get to uh, fill out a new form on your tax return. And then a 3.8% surcharge will kick in, uh, again, for those with over 200000 or 250 married. And a lot of people are going to be surprised about that, especially if they have large capital gains. And we have a record stock market right now. Many people do have big gains, and they may have taken them uh, towards the end of the year here. And uh, they're going to have a rude surprise with a 3.8% additional tax on those gains. Now, let's move over to, to something else, and that's the phase-out of itemized deductions and personal exemptions. That's new this year. Single filers. With adjusted gross income over two hundred and fifty thousand, and married couples who make more than three hundred thousand will face phase-outs of their deductions, their itemized deductions, and their personal exemptions. And the phase-out of personal exemptions means that for every twenty-five hundred of adjusted gross income above two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, three hundred for married people, um, the thirty-nine hundred person uh, personal exemption. Uh, is reduced by 2%. So for every 2500 you lose 2% of your personal exemptions, and ultimately it all disappears uh, if you're married and you make uh, 422500 and if you're single, uh, 372500 So now all of a sudden your personal exemptions, 3900 for you, 3900 for your wife, and if you have children, 3900 for them, disappear. So in effect, you're paying tax on money you never would have paid tax on which effectively raises your tax bracket. But it's not called a tax bracket. It raises your taxable income. And they're also limiting itemized deductions with those same figures. Single 250, married 300. Uh, you start losing 3% of your itemized deductions um, uh, uh, for every $2,500 over um, that amount. So you lose your exemptions. You lose your itemized deductions. Up to 80% of your itemized deductions could just go bye-bye. And for many, especially wealthy people, the itemized deduction is very important. They have very high real estate taxes, usually large mortgages, and that helps keep the taxes down. But that's going to go bye-bye and phase away. So that's a really bad thing for people. Uh, again, making it. 250000 for a married couple with kids living in California or living in the Northeast is not a lot of money. Especially when you're giving away to the, to the state and the federal government already 40 to 50% of it, these additional taxes really bite. 
Hey, you're making a million, five million, ten million. Okay, it's a little different story. But two hundred and fifty thousand is not rich in America. Certainly not rich in America in two thousand thirteen. If you live in a blue state, and I could be a uh, one to attest to that. I live in a blue state. My taxes are extremely high. My state income taxes are ten percent in New Jersey. Add that to the maximum tax bracket in the feds. Add to that FICA. Add to that Medicare, which we'll talk about the increase in that. That's another whammy that we're going to see. And you're looking at uh, over half your money being confiscated. And that's what it is, confiscation of your money. And when I get my paycheck and I look at it, and I see the gross and I see the net, I want to puke. And then you'll have Nancy Pelosi coming out saying, uh, you know, the wealthiest have to just pay a little bit more. When half of the country pays nothing. That is not sustainable. It will not be sustainable in this country, that arrangement. You can't tax the rich to death. They're going to stop hiring. And I mentioned last week, just due to the, the, the health insurance issue, I am not hiring another person the rest of my career. Or I'd have to have a very compelling economic reason to do so. I won't do it. And many of my clients who are business people are saying the exact same thing. As a matter of fact, many of them are saying they are going to lay people off. Purely as a result of Obamacare and taxation. And uh, that is not conducive to a good economy. Now, I want to explain uh, the the 3.8% um, net investment ta- uh, income tax. And, and the way it works is this. And I, I don't want this show. I was trying to do this show in a way that's not going to make people's eyes gloss over because we're talking numbers. And I don't want it to be wonky kind of thing. But uh, the way it's figured is that say, say we have a, um, a single taxpayer. He's got $180,000 in wages. And he's got $90,000 in net investment income from capital gains, dividends. It doesn't really matter where it comes from. So his adjusted gross income now is $270,000. Now, the way it works is you take the 3.8% surtax on the lower of the amount of income over the $200,000 or the net investment income, whichever is lower. In this case, this person has ninety thousand in net investment income, and he's got seventy thousand dollars. He's over the two hundred thousand dollar limit, so his surtax is going to be three point eight percent of the seventy thousand dollars that he's over two hundred, because that's lower than ninety. So he'll pay two thousand six hundred and sixty dollars in tax, which is three point eight percent of seventy thousand dollars, and that's two thousand six hundred and sixty dollars in tax that he wouldn't have paid. In 2012. Now they say it's a Medicare tax, but it's not going to Medicare and it's not going to healthcare. It's going to the general treasury, which certainly makes no sense, uh, but that's the way it is. Now let's talk about another tax that's kicking in for people who make, again, over 200,000 single, 250,000 married. That's an additional nine tenths of 1% Medicare tax. Now, of course, I didn't make it one because one sounds bad. Nine-tenths of 1% is a fraction of 1%, so it sounds a little better. So the amount of income over two hundred dollars or $250,000, now instead of paying 1.45%, now has to pay 2.35% in Medicare FICA deductions. Now, 
Once you go over the, the statute number, 200 your employer is mandated to withhold more money from your pay. And if they don't, then you have to pay it off your tax return. And again, here's another calculation that has to be done for people who make over that income to see if they paid enough Medicare tax. If you didn't pay it because your employer didn't withhold it, now you're going to pay it on your 1040 on a separate form. Now, if you didn't have to pay it for some reason, you'll get a refund. Again, it's based on filing status, things like that. But once you're at that $200,000 level, and if you're married, filing jointly, 250 is the level. And if you're a single tax, you know, you're the only person working in the family, they're going to get, they're going to get that extra nine tenths of 1% on 50 grand against you. Because they're going to withhold it regardless of filing status. Once you hit 200,000, your employee is going to withhold it. So now you got to get that back. Another thing, and self-employed people, it's even worse. So it's, it's, it's death by a thousand cuts. 4.6% higher tax bracket for wealthy Americans. 3.8% surtax on investment income. Phase out of your deductions and exemptions. And now an additional 9 tenths of 1% FICA for Medicare when you go over. These are major tax increases. And you add to that the gigantic rise in insurance premiums and you have a massive redistribution of wealth. And that's what this is all about. It's a massive redistribution of wealth. One last thing I want to talk to you about as far as tax changes go. On Schedule A, itemized deductions, uh, you're able to um, deduct your health care to the extent that it exceeds 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. It's been that way for years. So if you have $100,000 in income, the first $7,500, which is 7.5% of hundred grand, you cannot deduct on Schedule A. Now, if you had $10,000 in qualified medical expenses, well, then you could deduct $2,500. The first $7,500, no, the amount over $2,500. That includes health insurance, Medicare uh, premiums, prescriptions, long-term health care insurance, anything that, that's used for your health. Transportation to and from the doctor and the hospital, all these things have been deductible. There have been significant deductions, especially for people who are over 65. Now, That's going up to 10%. In 2013, and that's what I'm trying to say, most people don't know that all these changes happened already. And they'll find out when they do their tax return this spring. So if you're under 65, you're now at 10%. So wherever you had that $100,000 in income, no longer you deduct the $2,500, the amount over 7.5%. Now you have to go over $10,000 before the first dollar is deductible. Now, there's one little good thing in here, at least for a few years here. If you're 65 and older, it remains at 7.5% through 2016. Then it jumps up to 10 in 2017. So if you're a senior out there, uh, I guess you could feel good for at least the next couple of of years on this, uh, that you're going to stay at 7.5%. And for many people, that's real important. But the top earners are going to see significant increases uh, in, um, in their tax rates. The elimination of their, their, their personal exemptions, uh, 
the reductions of their itemized uh, deductions. They're going to be seeing significant reduction there. The increase of the top tax bracket. Add to that the 3.8% tax uh, on, um, on investment income. I mean, short-term capital gains for top earners right now, the maximum is 35%. Well, that goes to 39.6 plus the 3.8. Now, their tax on short-term capital gains is 43.4%. That's a big increase from 35%. So my high-income earners, when we do their tax return this year, they're not going to be happy. And they're going to blame me that it's my fault that they didn't do their tax return right when we know they did. And again, this is all about Obamacare. It's all about taxing the rich. It's all about redistribution of wealth, and that's what we all have to face. And that's why talk to your accountant, find out if there's anything you can do to minimize these taxes, especially taking losses uh, if you uh, or deferring income uh, into 2014. All right, time for another break. Eight six six four seven two fifty seven ninety is my number. My email address: lewatthefinancialphysician.com. We'll be back right after these messages. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luz Katigna? Call him now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. Or email the show. Here's the address. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. All right, welcome back. We get together here on... Voice America's business channel every Wednesday, 4 p.m. on the East Coast, 1 p.m. on the West Coast, live to talk money, markets, and politics. And, of course, you can always listen to the show after it's been recorded at voiceamerica.com. Just go to the business channel, look me up, or just go to 4 o'clock. Or actually, it's 1 o'clock because it's on Pacific time. Uh, 1 o'clock, and you can listen to this show and every show we've ever done. They do a great job of archiving it there. Uh, visit my blog, which is at 
thefinancialphysician.com. I update it as much as I can, and we try to bring you information, videos, articles that you probably won't find out elsewhere. Uh, and we try to keep you informed on the alternative financial news uh, at thefinancialphysician.com. Uh, now, many of the listeners here who listen to this program listen to this program because you listened to me for 12 years on WOBM AM 1160 here on the Jersey Shore. And uh, I was a fixture on that station uh, every Sunday morning for a little over 12 years. And about a year and a half ago, uh, we left uh, to go to XM Satellite Radio. We actually were overlapping both shows for, for quite some time. Uh, and uh, and uh, I've decided after negotiation negotiating with the station that we're going to go back to WOBM AM 1160. And I'm very excited about that. Uh, this is my my backyard, my my local audience, and uh, I've missed doing that program. And it's different than this program. We get a lot of phone calls. A lot of seniors live in this area, so we give them a lot of good financial advice on how to take advantage of property tax relief programs, how to deal with Medicare, and and certainly Obamacare. We'll be talking about a lot too going forward. And, and I just felt there was a need to go back. Uh, to my audience uh, here on the Jersey Shore, and uh, we will be going back uh, probably the week of um, January 20th, and we'll be on. It looks like right now, we still don't know exactly the day and time, but it's probably going to be Fridays at 10 a.m., and of course, uh, that radio show will be archived uh, on my website, so any of my uh, Voice America listeners uh, will be able to listen to that show as well. Uh, my contract here at Voice America goes through uh, mid to late February, so I've made no decision yet on you know what I'm going to do as far as staying here on Voice America. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but uh, certainly everybody who listens to this program uh, will still be able to follow me via the internet, either live uh, at WOBM AM 1160's website. Uh, or on my own website, will archive uh, that program as well. So uh, pretty excited about going back uh, to my old stomping grounds, WOBM AM 1160. They just built some a beautiful uh, multi uh, multi floor studios in uh, Tom's River, and, uh, and I'm very happy to be able to work out uh, going back there and doing the same financial position show I did for for 12 years. It's not going to be exactly the same, but we're going to tweak it a little bit. But um, um, I'm very happy to to be going back. So all my WOBM listeners, uh, tell your friends, and uh, we look forward to our first show. Probably, I guess it's going to be um, probably about the 25th, whatever that Friday is in the first uh, uh, first week of the 20s uh, in January 2014. Uh, let's shift gears. We spent the first couple of uh, segments of the program talking about how your taxes are going to be affected, mainly due to Obamacare. And how the wealthiest Americans are really getting socked. And I think many of them are unaware that it's going to come. And a lot of accounts are going to do a lot of explaining to their clients this year uh, about what they're up against and why their tax bill is substantially different uh, than past years or what they expected it to be. Higher tax brackets, phasing out of itemized deductions, personal exemptions, a 3.8% surcharge on investments, uh, a nine-tenths of 1% surcharge on Medicare, uh, uh, a 10% floor on medical deductions. I mean, there's so many bad things here for successful people in this country. And that's why, you know, that's why uh, many business owners are saying, look, I'm packing it in. I'm retiring early. I'm lowering my income, I'm going down in tax bracket, and I'm going to enjoy my life. And I'm firing all my employees, and I don't have to worry about health insurance for them. And I'm moving on with my life. And I'll, uh, 
tell you a little story about a doctor here when we shift gears a little bit to Obamacare. But right now I want to talk about a uh, pretty interesting development. Uh, it was announced yesterday, Tuesday, uh, the 10th of uh, December, that Paul Ryan and Patty Murray, Republican and Democrat, uh, have come to a budget deal. And this was kind of a surprise. And we may even actually get back to uh, some kind of a normal and orderly budget process. The two-year deal would avert a government shutdown, which would have happened on January 15th, but does not deal with the debt limit. What a surprise there. Because the debt limit will never be dealt with. The only way this country continues to function will be to continue to pile on debt. And that's the negative thing about this. And a lot of conservatives are very concerned about this deal. But at least we're going to avoid the drama of a government shutdown again. And I think that's important for the country right now. And it's really important for the Republicans. I mean, the Republicans have the Democrats on the ropes right now with Obamacare. I mean, Obama, his approval rating is 37%. His disapproval rating is like 54%. I mean, that's about as bad as it gets for a president. The Democrats running for re-election all voted for Obamacare. Every single vote was needed. I don't know, maybe it was one or two that didn't. But every senator did. And most, if not all, uh, Democrats in the House voted for it. And now they got to run on it in the midst of this disaster. And now people know what it's all about. They're getting the cancellation notices. They're getting the, the massive increases in premiums. The website is a disaster. The administration looks totally incompetent, and um, and the Democrats really are feeling the heat. And you can't walk away from your vote. You voted for this, you're going to die with it. And I think if the Democrats knew at the time how this would roll out, and, would also, and also knew at the time that the president was lying to their face when he said you can keep your doctor, you can keep your health plan, your premiums are going down. Lie, lie, lie. Three bald-faced lies. He knew it was a lie. Didn't care. It was all about the ends justify the means. And now we know what the, the ends are. And as I said on previous shows the last few weeks, it's not only Republicans that are seeing their health insurance canceled. It's not only Republicans that are seeing uh, their premiums skyrocket. It's not only Republicans who are finding out that they're losing their doctor. It's Democrats, too. It's independents, too. And a matter of fact, it's the independents that swing the election. And when you get the Democrats, some Democrats jumping on board, you have a landslide in 2014. So there's no reason for the Republicans to give the Democrats any fodder. They're already dug deep, and they're in trouble. There's no reason to do it. So from a political standpoint, I probably agree with it. Because there is finally uh, some semblance of compromise. Now, of course, the very conservatives uh, are totally up in arms and against it. And I understand why. Being a conservative myself, I understand why. But bottom line to it is we avoid the shutdown. We avoid all that negative media, how the Republicans are killing grandma. And uh, we got some kind of deal. So what's in this deal? Well, it's a two-year deal. Uh, it spares $63 billion in sequestration cuts that were scheduled for January. And, you know, most of the sequestration cuts come from the military. The military is already being gutted. So anything that could avoid that, I'm for. 
but it allows overall projected spending to go up from $967 billion to a little over $1 trillion. This is discretionary spending. We have a $3.5 trillion budget, so that includes Social Security. It includes uh, non-discretionary spending. It doesn't, you know, so we're going to have increased spending by a trillion, up to a trillion. Uh, $85 billion, they say, in total savings and $23 billion in net deficit reduction. Now, this sequestration relief, which I don't hear anybody clamoring for it. You know, I mean, you know, we've had a year of sequestration. Uh, the world still goes on. I don't, I don't see any problems with it. But the way they're going to do this is they're going to give you higher fees on everything else. Fees that the government charges, which is pretty much a tax. What difference does it make? It comes out of you one way or the other. Take the, the fee that's embedded in airline tickets. There's a security fee. You pay for a good portion of the security. Well, that's going to go up 124%. So, I mean, you know, there's only one loaf here. You can only cut it so many different ways. So if you take it from here, you got to replace it somewhere else. So these fees are just going to be embedded in everything. Fees to go into national parks, all that kind of stuff. Again, it's all taxes. It's just called something different. Uh, they're also... Uh, Raising insurance premiums for pension funds and also requiring federal civil employees to contribute more towards their retirement. Do you believe this? I love it. These federal workers who don't pay hardly anything into their retirement and get these beautiful pensions where people in the private sector get nothing unless they put money out of their own salary into a 401k. That is the most unfair situation in this country is that unions and government workers have the retirement and health care taken care of when you know, in their retirement years. Anybody else who has a real job or has a business has to fund it themselves. And that was totally unfair. And I'm surprised uh, the liberals in, in the Democratic Party we even let this happen. But we'll see if it gets passed. And this is just an agreement between Ryan and Murray. Now, today, most of the Republicans are coming out, especially the establishment Republicans, and backing this. And most Democrats are, are backing it too. Although Democrats are upset about that, and they're also upset that there's no provision to extend unemployment benefits past six months. They really wanted that. So there was some element of compromise here. There's going to be some trimming of military spending. And, you know, again, the federal workers will have to put more into their uh, accounts. Uh, but this is what uh, the people involved had to say. This is Paul Ryan. This bill reduces the deficit by $23 million. It does not raise taxes, and it cuts spending in a smarter way. I see this agreement as a step in the right direction. I'm proud of this agreement. It reduces the deficit without raising taxes, and it cuts spending in a smarter way. I ask all my colleagues in the House to support it. Murray says this agreement breaks through uh, the recent dysfunction to prevent another government shutdown and roll back sequestrations, cut to defense, and domestic investments in a balanced way. It's a good step in the right direction that could hopefully rebuild some trust and serve as a foundation for continued bipartisan support. And I think those are good statements on both of them. And it's a starting point. Again, conservatives are wary of fee hikes and get rid of sequestration. Democrats are upset about the extension of unemployment. And Obama came out right away. I don't know how quick he comes out with this. This agreement doesn't include everything I like, and I know many Republicans feel the same way. That's the nature of compromise, Obama said, but it's a good sign that Democrats and Republicans in Congress were able to come together 
and break the cycle of short-sighted, crisis-driven decision-making to get this done. And I think that's probably the most intelligent thing I've ever heard our president say. Uh, but conservative groups obviously are against it because it doesn't cut the deficit and continues to increase debt and everything else. But it's a punt. But at least we avoid the dreaded government shutdown. And I think for Republicans, uh, that's very good. All right. One more break. Uh, one more break and one more segment left in the program. My name is Lou Skatigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The Financial Physician, your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Call America's Money Doctor right now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. You can also log on to our website at www.thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou Scatigna. All right, thanks so much for joining us here on The Financial Physician, where we get together every Wednesday uh, at 4 p.m. PM on the East Coast, 1 PM on the West Coast to talk money, markets, and politics. And of course, we're always available either on my website, thefinancialphysician.com, or it's the archive at voiceamerica.com on the business channel. And, uh, each week we've talked about Obamacare. We pretty much, we talked a lot about taxes today and stuff. We kind of didn't really have the whole program on Obamacare, but, um, 
we're going to use the last uh, few minutes we have left to talk about it. And uh, and the big issue about Obamacare, we're learning a lot about it. We're learning about the taxes. We're learning about the website being what it is. We're learning about people finding their policies being canceled, which is exactly the opposite of what Obama had promised us when he was trying to sell it to Congress and to the American people. Uh, we're learning that, no, our premiums aren't going down 2500 They're doubling in many cases and sometimes even greater than that. Uh, and uh, if you could get it, I mean, it's already in the middle of December, uh, and you have to have health care by January 1st, utilizing a website that doesn't work. And there's all kinds of security flaws, and you got to give so much personal information. I read today that you have to give your bank routing number, uh, you know, and other personal financial information. Uh, I guess they, so they can go in there and get your premium if you don't pay. Uh, and there's a lot of things out there that are really negative on Obamacare, and little tangential things. Look at this one here: latest casualty of Obamacare, volunteer fire departments. That's the headline here. Just when you thought the news surrounding the damage being caused by Obamacare can't get worse, the Scranton Times-Tribune reports that Obamacare may well end many volunteer fire departments. A local congressman uh, wants answers on whether voluntary fire de- volunteer fire departments uh, could be unintentionally swept into the national health care reform law championed by President Obama. The International Association of Fire Chiefs has asked the Internal Revenue Service, which has partial oversight of the law to clarify if current IRS treatment of volunteer firefighters as employees means their host companies or towns must offer health insurance or pay a penalty if they don't. The organization representing the fire chiefs have been working on the issue with the IRS and the White House for months. While the Department of Labor classifies most volunteer firefighters as volunteers and thus not employees, the IRS currently classifies them as employees. That means that if a particular department puts in more than 1,500 man hours while using at least 50 volunteers and employees in a week, it must provide health insurance for those who put in at least 30 hours in a week starting in 2015. 71% of firehouses are are staffed by uh, volunteers in this country. And still, they can't get clarification on it. And if towns or these fire companies have to provide this expensive health insurance, they're done. And this is something that could have been dealt with months ago. That's it. Now, people now, too, are getting divorced in order to save money on Obamacare. I kid you not. Talk about a marriage penalty. We are talking about taxes before. Married couples at 250000 combined start getting hit with all these extra taxes. When you're single, it's 200000 so two single people could have 400000 in income and not be subjected to all these additional taxes. But as soon as they get married, 250 combined is the number. Talk about a marriage penalty. A lot of people could decide not to get married. Well, here's people deciding to get divorced because it would be cheaper. They'll save thousands on health insurance by being divorced. I kid you not. Here's a – I'm going to play a little bit of a – well, it's a video, but you'll hear the audio from it from uh, CBS News in New York. Uh, this is, of course, a mainstream CBS station telling you a story about a couple who's getting divorced because of it. It's unbelievable. I crashed into long holes on calls. We've heard the issues with the unveiling of the Affordable Care Act. But is the health care overhaul leading to the breakup of marriages? CBS 2's Don Champion spoke to a Brooklyn couple claiming that they may be forced to divorce to get health insurance. We kissed on the beanbag chair. Nana Willis Aronowitz and Aaron Casera's love affair began in 2008 at a party. A year later, it grew into a marriage at City Hall in Manhattan. 
it was really sudden. It was basically because he needed health insurance and I had a job that would give that to him. Four years later, there's now irony in the fact the couple could soon divorce for the same reason. After Obamacare is rolled out, we realized that we would save several thousand dollars if we got divorced. Together, as only a family of two, the couple makes more than the $62,000 level to qualify for subsidies under Obamacare. But if they live together unmarried as individuals, they qualify for the subsidies and potentially could save hundreds of dollars a month. It's really complicated. I mean, go on that website. You'll see what I mean. Aronowitz, a freelance writer, and her husband, who works as a freelancer in the film industry, lost their health coverage recently when Aronowitz was laid off. Critics of the Affordable Care Act have called the pricey decision the couple faces the marriage penalty, but the income levels for subsidies were set by Congress. I'm an educated, very well-plugged-in person, and I can't figure it out. Aronowitz says she and her husband are deeply in love, but together were never the marrying type. Still, they say they're not taking the decision ahead of them lightly. Is divorce really worth it, do you think? In our case, it would be worth it. In other people's cases where marriage is really, really important to them and they had a big wedding and it was this sacred experience, I think that it would be a really tough decision for them. The couple's looking at other health options before making the divorce decision. Don Champion, CBS 2 News. All right, so... Uh... They're not really that in love. Well, I shouldn't say they're not in love. Obviously, they 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 have no problem doing this, and I think a lot of people wouldn't get divorced because of Obamacare. Uh, but the fact that if they were divorced, they would save thousands of dollars a year is not fair, and it's not a choice that people need to make. And unfortunately, a lot of people who are really just barely making it may have to do that. May have to officially get divorced or not get married because of Obamacare. How insidious is this law where people would make a decision not to get married or get divorced to avoid having to pay such high premiums? Now, on my website, on the blog, I put, I put a picture of an ad that was in a local paper. I didn't take this. It's going around the Internet, and I just you know, put it, uh, took a picture of it and put it on, uh, on my blog. And this is what the ad says. It's a quarter of a page in a local newspaper. Due to the policies of Obamacare, Stephen Kittek, MD, will be closing his medical practice on December 31st, 2013. Patients may pick up their charts at the office, and he gives the address. Dr. Kittek wishes to thank all his patients that have visited his office over the past 20 years and apologizes for this inconvenience. Now, do you think that's rare? you think that's just a rarity? I tell you, it is not. Many doctors are retiring, especially to those that are close to retirement age. They are not participating in this. The record-keeping alone that doctors have to do now, they walk in with a computer and they have to type everything into the computer that they talk to you about. Every record the government gets. It's so prohibitively time-consuming. And now doctors aren't getting reimbursed. They're getting cuts on Medicare and Medicaid patients. The doctors are saying it's crazy. I'm going out of business. I'm retiring. I'm encouraging my child not to go into medicine. You know what that means? Longer waits and the rationing of health care. Exactly what they said it weren't going to be. Oh, here's the last thing here. Uh, Kathleen Sebelius is calling for an investigation into her own website. 
She wants investigators. She's asking the department's inspector general to investigate the contracting process, management and performance, and payment issues that may have contributed to the flawed launch. The head of health and human services wants an investigation into our own department on how this... What's going on here? It is just amateur. It's scary as all hell. All right, out of time. Here it goes so fast here on The Financial Physician. I call it the fastest hour in financial talk radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Tell your friends about the program. And remember the website, uh, thefinancialphysician.com. My email address, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Have a wonderful week. Please join me next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the next edition of The Financial Physician. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 